Hey, welcome to the uh, ARJ The Great Podcast. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just taking it day by day. So, um, this is your first time on here. So, um, I usually do it. I usually um, start start off by telling people a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the uh, the first topic. All right. So you you can go ahead. Okay. So if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Tiffany Duncan, um, aka your credit bestie. You can find me on Instagram at your credit bestie. I am a finance coach. I specialize in budgeting and saving your finances as well as fixing your credit. So I do all these things and pretty much trying to teach people wisdom along with financial stewardship. Okay, then. So this is a thing that I, uh, I've i been wanting to talk about for a while, you know, because um, just recently, like two years ago, I just started to really, I mean, I always knew credit was important, but I didn't really like so really started to do homework on it to like two, three years ago. And uh, when I started investing in my credit. So um, I think this episode will be like real beneficial for people because everybody needs credit. It don't matter how much money you have, like millionaires, billionaires still use credit. So in your own words, what, what would you uh, say? Why is credit important? And um, as far as, like, everyday life and anything you try to do? I think credit is important for your future. Um, For anything that you have, like, as far as goals that you want to set, credit is going to play a part in that. So when it comes to, you know, wanting your own car, you're going to need credit. When it comes to owning your home, you need credit. And also, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to definitely need business credit. Um, and the same way that there's business credit is pretty much the same way you would do with personal credit. It's just putting the business aspect on it. But it's still the same. It's so important um, that everyone... It doesn't matter what background you come from or anything you need in that type of financial literacy. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like, um, like I, I deal with a uh, Mike, the credit champ on Instagram. And then I deal with, uh, I follow a lot of people on uh, social media and that's how I learned to run about the uh, trade lines and primaries. And I, I know I'd be talking to people sometimes and, some people don't even be knowing what I be talking about, you know, and I bring up trade lines and primaries getting added to your credit and stuff like that. So I know, I know you know about all that stuff. So you can uh, kind of explain like different things that you can raise. Cause you can have, cause you can have a 700 credit score and still not be able to get nothing. Cause you don't got no history, you know? So, so a lot of people I know they, they go to, you know, local, credit people that really don't know what they're doing they just know how to remove it 
and they would get it removed. But they ain't really got no credit history because they ain't really bought nothing with credit. They probably all always cashed out, or they just real young. So you kind of explain like the varieties as far as like trade lines, primaries, and things like that, and credit history. Yes, I can explain that. Um, you would need I, the main thing I want to say is first things first. Um, that people should not focus solely on the score because the score means nothing it's the history that means everything right so you need different lines of credit to have a good credit history you need to show that you're responsible so with that being said you need different accounts on your credit report um it could be credit cards it could be um rent because you can also report rent um it could be utilities you can also report utilities you can also report um if you have any subscriptions like netflix hulu things like that that's just to show an example of different lines of credit that you can have now another way you can build is to have someone put you as an authorized user. So they have their own line of credit. So let's say I have a line of credit of um, Capital One. And so I've been with Capital One for 10 years. And I'm like, okay, Eric, you need help with your credit? Okay, I'm going to add you on. So I add you as authorized user. And now you have that 10-year history that you didn't have before. And so the same thing goes with trade lines is the same thing, except you can purchase those lines of credit through someone you don't even know. It could be a company or it could be through a person, but you're still having that credit history for X amount of years or whatever the case may be, whatever, depending on what they have on their account. Those are ways that you can build credit. Um, Another way you can build credit is through different apps and different websites that actually they take your information, they take your bank information and it's secured. um, And they take that information and they, it's pretty much they're trying to read everything that's that you pay for to try to see what kind of line of what they can use to make lines of credit for you. So, example, um, Perch. So, Perch will take different um, different things that you use, like subscriptions, like Hulu, Disney, um, ESPN, things like that. Take that and make a line of credit. The same thing goes for Experian Boost. It's only for Experian credit score. And you can take that and build credit with that. The, it's the same way. They use all your information that's on your bank account and they built their own lines of credit. So that's amazing in itself that you can use utilities, you can use your rent, you can use subscriptions that you use every month to build credit. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, got into the Experian Boost uh, like a little bit over a month ago and and I was like, dang, that's crazy. I, I used to see it on the commercials all the time. 
but I never just physically took the time out to do it. So the, yeah, the experience boost is like a uh, it jumped my score by twenty points like the first day that I used it. It's very helpful. Um, I use it for myself, and I use it for clients as well. So it's been a big help to everyone. So, um, so you know, you know, I went in the, in the military straight out of high school, so I had to learn about credit all on my own and stuff like that. So, so what would you say for someone that's either going to military out of high school or just a young adult in general, and they have to, you know, grow up fast? What would you say is the best way to start off with credit when you first become an adult? Like, uh, what what should you do first? I would definitely talk to uh, friends. I would suggest to talk to friends, family, or maybe leadership even, um, and ask them about them attaching yourself to um, be an authorized user. Or I would have them be like, okay, get a card from Navy Federal or Capital One and use that and use the law that they give you for only service members so that you can get that 6% only. And that's a lot of things that people don't um, talk about or know about is that 6% cap for service members and also for um, people that are getting out of service. It's like a um, 180 days after, but while you're a service member, definitely take advantage of that 6% because they will, if you don't know any better, they will give you over 10%. So I would, I would definitely, that would be my biggest suggestion for them. Okay. So yeah, I know um as far as credit as far as credit, you know, I don't been like real low credit. Mine's just now getting to almost excellent credit now, but you know, a lot of I know a lot of people that uh like I got a friend and I've been trying to get him to get his credit repaired and stuff. Cause we had similar stuff on ours and all my stuff don't fell off and he's still, you know, cashing out on stuff. And he was like, man, I'm not getting ready to, to buy them yet. So I ain't going to spend the money right now. I'm going to do it when I get ready to buy some. But I was trying to tell him, I was like, yo, you need to have this, your score. Cause it, it's not an overnight process or a one month process. You need to have your score already together. So when it, when it do come time, when you want to get some, you ain't waiting an extra couple of weeks or extra couple of months to wait till your score go up. So what would you say for a person that's, um, that's thinking that they could just wait till the last minute to do it? Uh, I would definitely tell them don't wait. Uh, do it now while you can. It doesn't matter what age, do it now. Because regardless, like I said, back to those goals, you're eventually going to want a car. You're going to eventually want a house. You're going to eventually want a business. You're going to eventually want different things. And the credit plays a factor in that. So it's kind of like you're saving yourself trouble from having to 
run around and be like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? When you can already get it done. Because waiting does nothing but just procrastination. That's just all it is. So I would just tell them, like, do it now. Don't wait. Um, Get a lot of lines of credit as much as you can possible and just build on that. Um, And if you decide, oh, I want to do this last minute. Well, the thing, if you do a last minute is you're going to be paying a lot of money in trade lines and the trade lines are only temporary. So it doesn't work in your benefit in the end. So what what would you say? I know you have some go-to keys. Like when you first get a client for a credit repair, what would you say is your go-to um, as far as knowledge that you give them when they first get in the process? Like what, what should they expect? And what should they be doing on their own part? Because, you know, a lot of things in life, like, it don't matter what you're doing, like, trying to achieve a personal goal or what, like, you're going to have to do some of the legwork. So a lot of people think, you know, they could just pay the money and then they don't have to do that on their part. They could just keep doing, you know, the irresponsible stuff that they was doing before. So what is the the go-to knowledge that you tell people off the rip and try to guide them to changing their habits and building their credit? Um, I would say the biggest gem would be education. Um, They have to have the foundation first. Um, After education, it has to be the mindset. Um, I really go in when it comes to fixing people's credit. I think people expect for me to just be like okay I got the money I'm just gonna do whatever no because I know that it's gonna affect their future at the end of the day I want people to have something to stand on so when they're done with me and they make a mistake they're able to fix it on their own um I would love to say oh I want them to keep coming to me I don't want that that's the reality I don't want that I don't want them to keep coming to me I want them to be knowledgeable enough to walk away from me and have that knowledge and know what to do and be an adult. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to take that away from them. I want them to be able to know what to do in any situation when it comes to their finances. That's my biggest thing. Um, But one thing (laughs) I don't pacify people either I want them to do the work. So I tell them, I'm like, hey, you getting real close to utilization. Get your utilization down. What you doing? I always, I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on? And they may feel like I'm being hard on them, but I'm really looking out for their best interest at the end of the day. Because we can't sit there and do all this work and you're falling back into the same situation. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to pay you the money. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, you know, yeah, I know, man, I know so many family members with that exact mindset or friends, you know, that just keep repaying the money, 
you know, just to keep getting the same stuff off. Like, it's, they're not changing their habits, so it's like a repetitive cycle. But uh, one, one uh, big question I wanted to ask you is, uh, I know everybody's turnaround is different. So if somebody wanted to use you for credit repair, and I know since you've been doing it for a while now, you you probably got some averages on turnarounds and stuff like that for depending on what they got in their credit file. So let's say for people that got the absolute worst credit file, like re, like a, a repo, eviction, a bankruptcy, something like that, like they got all of them. What would you say would be the average turnaround that they would have to work for you, work with you to to get their uh, credit turned around? It would take six months to a year. It would it would take six months to a year when it comes to stuff like that. I've seen it all. Um, sometimes it comes off a little bit faster than others, but those are the ones that don't, you know, never disputed their credit, never even really looked at their credit file at all. Versus the people that have been through different credit repair specialists and They've done it themselves online, and that's really jumping through a lot of hoops. So it it takes six to twelve months for that. So I have a particular question. I um when I uh dropped this on my Facebook page, um somebody had come uh, DM me and asked me to ask this question. I was gonna ask this question anyway. It was just a coincidence that they uh, asked me to ask this question. So, you know, um, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, when you get your credit repair, they all drop off at different times as far as, like, what you got on there. hmm And I know me and me and this particular person, and I know a couple of my friends, we was always wondering why is TransUnion always the last one to drop stuff? I never know why they do that. Um, because, because everybody I knew that, that I ran in contact with when I was telling them I was doing this episode, they always, was, we was having a conversation and we was like, yeah, Equifax is usually the first experience, like not too far behind them. And then TransUnion is just, they like slow poke around, you know. I don't have an quite answer for that I can have an opinion for it though because I have um, run into I don't know if you've seen this before but a lot of people have these hacks and stuff and I think the problem is that when people are doing these hacks and things like that with these credit bureaus it makes it 10 times harder for people to dispute the simple things because it's kind of like they're having to do extra legwork, like up the security and stuff like that when it comes to even basic disputing. I know it sounds crazy, but they look at stuff like that. And I don't think people know that, but when y'all, when people are posting, oh, I have this transunion um, hack and then it goes viral, that's a problem, that's an issue. Because there shouldn't be a hack involved to dispute anything they don't because the the point of it all it's a business they're making money off of us whether we know it or not they're making money 
off of us, off of our information and everything. So they don't want anything that's going to hinder them from making money from our information or making money um, based off of what's on our file and things like that. Yeah, I I know. I was just curious about, uh, well, we was just curious about that because, you know, uh, you know, the most logic thinking, you know, if you're safe, for instance, you got a repo or a bankruptcy, right? And you got them on all three credit bureaus and it falls off of two, but it's still left on one. You know, logical thinking would be where it's already removed off two. So it got to fall off the other one. You know, it won't make sense for the other one just to stay on there. It's not on the other two, you know. But people have to make sure they're doing the proper disputes as well. And what I always tell people, like, if you're going to dispute something, go to the credit bureaus, but also go to the companies, too. Because the faster that you get in contact with the companies and they reach back out to you and you have that um, communication back and forth, that makes it 10 times easier to delete anything because you have that documentation, you have that proof. Oh, yeah. So what? So what was the? Uh, so you would say the worst file that you ever had to do was had all those things that I just listed, like as far as bankruptcies, repos, evictions. Like what was the worst file you ever had to do that took you like the longest to get them together? <laughs> oh my goodness, the worst one. I don't think I have a word. I think I have like top, like I have a couple that's like top tier. Um, you you could say two. Of them. Ooh, okay, I'll say two. So one of them, she had repo, evictions, no repos, evictions, hard inquiries, and the hard inquiries was like seventy something hard inquiries. Um, yeah, (laughs) yes, yes. Um, and then collections, (sighs) I think it was maybe 10 or 15 collections, but that, that was probably the, the hardest one. I was like, oh my, I was like, hold on. And then it just became more and more and more. Like as I was disputing and removing things off, more stuff was added on. And you was like, I need to put you on quarantine while I your stuff. It seemed like you out here still messing it up. So this is the thing. I, that's why I have my agreements and contracts and things like that in place. I don't play. So if you want to, if you're serious about what you're talking about, you're serious about getting your finances and stuff in order, I'm going to hold you accountable. That's what I'm expecting you to do. I'm expecting you to work with me and do what you have to do to help yourself. I can only meet you where you're at. And then you have to do the rest. You have, you have to, you got to work with me. And so when people don't work with me then I have to drop them because that's that's going into my contract and my agreement is if you can't 
meet me if you can't you know hold up your end of the deal then we can't do it because how am I going to get how are you going to get the results and how am I going to get the results if it's still chaos you know what I mean it it defeats the purpose it's no point yeah yeah a lot of people just have to I would say that's a cultural thing especially for for us black people you know a lot of people you know listen to advice off the streets and it's hard to get them out of certain uh, train of thought so even when they do do something to improve themselves they still go back to what they know or what they used to doing absolutely that's where it goes back into mentality that's the first that's like one of the two first things that I talk well the two top things that I talk about when I onboard a client I want to see where their mind is at. I want to see their goals and things like that. I want to see your short-term, your long-term goals. I know it's something that typically uh, a credit coach wouldn't talk about or a credit specialist wouldn't talk about, but I'm really for helping people. I like to see where people's minds are at before I work with them because if you're not a fit for me, then I won't onboard you as a client. That's just what it is. I, I won't move forward with the process. And that's just who I am. I'm I'm not in this for money. I'm in this for actually helping people and wanting to see them progress so that they are doing well for themselves, but they're setting the tone for their future. They're setting the tone for their children. It's that simple. Yeah, I know one credit company that I kind of regret that I gave a lot of money to was uh, Lexington Law. I had Lexington Law for a year, and they only removed five things. And I was paying them like $130 a month. So I ended up running toward another person that just paid a lump sum and got whatever I needed off. But I'm just like, uh, Lexington Law, I hear a lot of people make complaints about them because I know uh, my, one of a couple of my buddies went through them and they didn't they didn't like it either. They had to end up dropping them too. But I think it's amazing with your, uh, especially with the woman that you just described, that you was able to to get all that stuff off within a year. Because you know a lot of that stuff is because um I um when I was going through my credit process this year, I um started to like look at all the paperwork and stuff. As far as like I get from the credit bureaus and stuff like that, because I never just took the time out to do it, and I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of hard work, you know, going looking through all those pages, the equal fact pages, depending on how thick they file is, and stuff like that, because you know a lot of people won't be able to get that stuff off within a year, especially with as much stuff as she had. It was definitely a lot of work. Um, it just takes just being um, persistent and not taking no for an answer. You, you got to be able to, if, you, if you're if you sending out letters, like for me, if I'm sending out letters and things like that and something is not going particularly the way I, I wouldn't like it to go, then I'm just going to keep on making calls. I'm just going to keep on making phone calls and I'm going to end up reaching somebody that's going to help me or I'm going to get in contact with somebody that's going to be able to assist me in some way. It's going to happen, but it takes time 
to do all those things. People don't want to take the time out to put in the effort. Yeah, so we're going to transition to the next topic. I think uh, I'm real big on people having multiple incomes. Like I tell that to my friends all the time. Like you should always have at least two incomes. And, you know, a lot of people – I think we're in the era now where we're seeing a lot more entrepreneurs than we did when we were younger. A lot of people being their own bosses and things like that. Uh, So what would you say for anybody, you know, that's passionate about credit and want to start their own credit repair company? What was all the groundwork that you had to do when you first decided that it was the path that you wanted to take as far as like, doing credit repair um it was a couple things that i did um one of the things was reaching out to people and being transparent with them and asking them hey what would you like if you were hired to someone to do your credit what would what would you like what's something that would be beneficial for you and so when i started doing that i just started just taking all the data That's what I was doing. Like during the whole process of me, I was just doing my classes. I wasn't even really doing people's credits and things like that. So I was just collecting data the whole time while I was doing my classes. I was like, okay, let me just figure out what people want when they, um, when they get with the company, um, what is something that they want to know as far as like education, financial literacy, things like that. What would they want to know? How would they want to be treated? So I was just taking a lot of data down. And then another thing is being yourself, stay in your lane. You don't have to be somebody else. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you see a lot of successful people and you have to realize that you, you have your own way. You have your own plan that's set for you. So just fall back and stay in that. And I would say scout out different companies too see how they work their business um what systems do they have in place it's kind of like you're it's collecting data again like i said you're scouting now you're like okay what is what's the difference between these companies it's kind of like going into mcdonald's or going into burger king or going into wendy's you're going into these different companies and you're like okay what's the reason why people go into mcdonald's and not wendy's and not burger king what's the reason what's what what makes mcdonald's stand out out of all these fast food places what does mcdonald's have that others don't and one thing I can say is the feeling that you get when you go to McDonald's. You're happy when you go to McDonald's. It brings back memories because when you were a kid, you used to go to McDonald's. So it's the same thing when you have a business, a credit repair business. You're going to be like, okay, you want people to have a feeling. So I make myself friendly because that's how I, that's just how I am. I'm friendly. I'm funny. So I use what I already have to draw people in because people like to you know get to know other people or have that bond with them or that community with them so I build on that and that's how I get with all that with just marketing myself I'm marketing my business you don't have to do too much you don't have to go out and do the Facebook ads and all this other stuff that people are telling you to do be your authentic self 
So if I could tell anyone that has a business, be your authentic self. Um, and then also addition, have structure, um, have systems in place. You have to have systems in place. You have to be organized. You have to be disciplined. It's, it's not even what people say like, oh, you have to go and get this software and this system and this. No, the groundwork starts with you. You're the foundation. So if you're fine, your business is going to be good. If you're already organized, if you already have discipline, if you're good with detail, you're good. That's what I can say to them if they want to start. So as far as being a, a you know, a credit repair specialist, do is it certain qualification uh, certifications that you have to get, or like uh, how does that how does that work? It depends on the state that you're in. Um, for me, in my state, I don't need any certifications. However, I did. I went out and got education. So I went with different um, credit repair software. Um, I guess I could say their managers that run, that run the softwares. I got with them and I was like, okay, do you have any training? And every time I asked them, they have training. They're like, yes, we have training. You can do this that, and third. I was like, okay, cool. So I did that. And that okay. was it. Like you, it doesn't take too much, but it depends on the state that you're in, um, whether or not you can do even do credit repair. Cause there's some States that you can't even do credit repair in. Um, I believe state of Georgia, you cannot do credit repair in there's other States too, but do your research. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's real, uh, interesting. I didn't even know that, that you can't do credit repair. In um in different states, because I know people people in particular states. You just said <laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> well, hey, ain't nobody. <laughs> hey, 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 they scored going up. They scored going up, and ain't nobody went to jail. So, hey, <laughs> listen, don't do time, time, <laughs> but. Man, you got to do your research. That's why I tell people, like, it's so much. Um, Even that if somebody was, like, let's say if they don't want, if they're not interested in seeking me for credit repair, the way they would go about seeking someone, they have to, do first of all, do their research. Do, you can even do basic research on credit repair, right? So you even know the steps to take, right? That's number one. And then ask them questions. Ask them, okay, how was the process? Um, what do you need from me? What do you expect from me? Um, do you have contracts in place? Do you have agreements in place? Like, it's so much stuff to ask. It's so much stuff. And people don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's one thing that, I think us as a as a race is really lacking, and I think that can that can close the gap. Even though we started off, you know, behind everybody else, but I think if a lot of people took the time out to really work on their credit and really figure out what credit is, it would set them up so much. I mean, you know, growing up, the average black household, you know middle class you know mom or dad working either 
they either have a career and they work long hours or they had a dead end job or something like that. Or some people get raised with their grandparents because either their parents passed away or on drugs. So the, the mentoring gap for as far as African-Americans is kind of, is kind of behind other races as far as like learning credit. Cause you especially like when you got, when you join the military, you see, you just have, Conversation or just life in general, just not the military. You go to college or something like that. You get around other people, and you just listen to the way they talk. Like, oh, my dad or mom did this for me when I was graduating high school, and you know. So it's I know me personally, I didn't really know nothing about credit, you know, until I got in the military, and then I was getting all this stuff, and then you know realized I had to pay it back. Then I had gotten a little hole, so I had to learn the hard way. But, you know, I I end up – I'm kind of glad I did go through that, you know. It is, like, even though you go through um, a struggle, it's still a way out of it. Uh, for me, that was the same thing with me, like, um, growing up. I never had anyone teach me about money, um, financial literacy, anything. So – when I joined the military, that's when I got the knowledge. Now, at some point when I was in the military, I had went to, I believe it was ACS. I went to ACS and I was like, I need help with my finances. And you can go there to get, you know, free financial assistance. And I was like, um, they were talking about credit. And I was like, huh? <laughs> What's that? Like, what what do you mean credit report like what what's so significant about that and so he looked at I remember he looked at my credit report and he was like you have multiple things it's the same thing on there and I was like huh I'm like I don't know and then he gave me the information on it so he gave me the packet that had um about credit and I was like hmm and I just researched it I looked everything up um and then I told this girl that I w- that was in my um, work area, I said, hey, I'm like, do you know anything about credit? And she was like, mm, not really. And I'm like, okay. And from that point, I was like, I'm going to do it myself because I tried to go here. And then I also went to Lexington Law as well years back, like when I was in college. I went there and they were taxing. I was like, oh, no. I'm like, I'm already in debt. I don't have money to pay y'all and I don't even know if it's going to actually work you know what I mean so I'm taking a risk again so I wasn't willing to take a risk um so I did it myself and I figured it out with a lot of research with a lot of reading laws and things like that that's what it that's what really got me was learning the laws and once I learned the laws I was like oh this is easy and I did it and it worked so then I was like, okay, I'm going to do my family. I'm going to do my friends. I'm going to do anybody around me. Y'all want y'all credit work on? Anybody? Okay, cool. I got you. And it went from there. I was like, I'm, I'm going to start teaching people. I'm going to start doing classes. I'm going to start doing services. So, yeah, that's how I did everything. <laughs> my own struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh... I'm real grateful that I took the, the time out at the beginning of this year, like in uh, right before. Well, we still technically in a pandemic, but 
towards the middle or the end or whatever it is of the pandemic <laughs> that I'll start repairing my credit because uh, I was thinking about buying a house next year because I just got out the military last year. So I just, uh, I'm like, you know, I need to start doing this now. So when I go in the bank, you know, I ain't got to be worried about nothing or have to get no bad news. I know a lot of people, I mean, I know I, I, I hang around a lot of successful people that are real estate moguls or, you know, got record labels and stuff like that. And even though they got credit and their credit might be good, they still be cashing out on stuff instead of leveraging their credit. You know, and I just think that's just some of the, the dumbest things, you know. I agree. Um, I know plenty of people actually had um, one of my clients was actually, I guess you could say a celebrity. I don't really know what he, I don't know. You know, if you're someone's familiar and they still have, they're still a celebrity and have a blue check. Um, I've seen that where they have all this money and they don't even spend their money on fixing their credit and they're just like, oh, I have money. I can go out and get in your car. I can go out and do this. And I can go and do that. But they can't even get a home or anything like that because they don't have proper credit. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so, powerful. That's powerful. You can have $10 million credit score be 490-something with no history and can't even get an apartment. They're not going to deal with you because it just shows that you're irresponsible in it. And you have to really think it about like this. You have the money, right? Why come you didn't take care of it? You know what I mean? What's the reason? And I would be concerned too. I wouldn't let no one borrow my money if when you get the money, you're not even spending on what you're supposed to. So I definitely agree. So what would you... So as far as back to credit repair so a lot of people I know you touched on it a little bit it's always important to pay your bills but it's definitely important to pay your bills while you get your credit repair because a lot of people could just think oh all this stuff getting removed so I could just lay back and chill you know, and then it just digs them further and further in the hole than what they started off at. Yeah, they, I don't get why people do that. I really do not understand why people, instead of fixing the situation, they hinder the situation. And even like working with people, they still make, some people still make poor decisions, not everyone, but some people still make poor decisions. And that's just, it's sad, but the reason why is because they don't have the the proper mentality. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, mentality is everything and actually wanting to change your habits because you don't want to be that person 35 years old or 40 years old and you can't even get the car you want or a house that you want you you gotta settle because you you either wasted your 20s or early 30s being irresponsible and you still at square one 
But I think, but I think um, as far as anybody that want to start their own credit company, I think that's a a good thing to do as far as like reading, because a lot of people hate to read, but that goes back to you know grade school. You you got to read no matter what field you're in or what you're trying to do. If you want to have that knowledge, you know you got to read. So you don't always be dependent on people. So Yeah, it, it really does go back to fundamentals. Um reading. You have to do reading, you have to do writing, you definitely gonna have to do math because you're going to have to do your finances within your business. So you're as long as I mean, as well as doing your clients, you're gonna have to do yourself as well. So you have to have time for that. But yep, they yeah, have to. They gonna have to learn. They gonna have to do some work. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of people appreciate this. Uh, this episode. I know my last guest. I know my guest. Well, I tell you, my last two guests. My last. My last guest. I don't know if you saw on my Spotify, but he's an author. He just dropped a book called The Hack Method, and uh. It's so, uh he's doing real big numbers on Amazon. So we was talking about his book and uh steps to being an author. And then my guy that stays up here with me, he's a barber. He just owned, bought his own barber shop like a year ago. And uh and uh, he came on my podcast on a Tuesday. The next day, Wednesday, he tagged me on Facebook and said that uh Sway in the morning. Shouting them out on the radio. That's and was, awesome. And I was like, that's crazy because a couple of days before the episode, I spent the most money that I ever spent on one promotion at one time, as far as like uh through Instagram. And that and that one promotion re- reached like thirty some thousand people. So I was like, yeah, that had to be that promotion because I had it going to 50 different, all 50 states. But I think this episode right here is going to be real beneficial for for people because, you know, credit is an everyday thing. People use credit every day, you know. So I think a lot of people can go back here and uh, reference this episode for certain gems. But uh, before we get off of here, uh, um, leave a couple gems, you know, that you want to lead the people with and um, tell people how to find you on social media and um, if they interested in booking you, how to, uh, to be that credit repair specialist, how they can uh, go about doing that. I would tell them to make sure that you have, if you have a credit card, keep your utilization down to 30%. Um, the lowest is 10%. Um, I would definitely tell them, make sure that your income is higher than your debt. So definitely get into the debt to income ratio. Cause that's very important. Another thing, stay on top of your bills, stay on top of your bills. If you, have trouble with paying your bills, look into state federal assistance 
as well as contacting the companies and let them know and they will give you grace periods. Do not do not let anything go into collections. That's the biggest advice I could give people. Um, and if they want to reach out to me, my Facebook is at Credit Bestie. My Instagram is at Your Credit Bestie. And if you want to email me, my email is info at creditbestie.com. Okay. Yeah, so um, I appreciate you uh, coming on here. And I also, like I tell all my friends and buddies and stuff, um, whenever you, you know, you're going throughout your everyday life, you know, uh, if you have a topic, you know, that you feel strongly about, that you want to talk about, you can always hit me up and we can strike up an episode because it only takes me like 10 seconds to strike up an episode. So if I'm not doing that, you know, I do it because I know a couple of my episodes came like off the hip, you know, my homeboy hit me up and be like, hey, man, this happened. You see the news. Hey, let's talk about this. And then we just get on and have a whole conversation about it, you know. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. All right, this concludes the Air J the Great podcast, and uh, the episode um, they use it usually published on Spotify within an hour, so I'm about to publish it now. Just um, text me your uh, your email again because I'm gonna put it in the description on how people can get in contact with you. All right, thank you. All right, you are. All right, we out.